Welcome to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel with Fulfill Your Legacy. I am so happy that you are here with us on Living a Life Within the Sweet Spot. I am an author, a coach, and a speaker. I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people deeply partner their life with God so they can clarify and define their God-given life purpose, tap into the Trinity and all that offers so they can become strong Christian leaders, helping themselves and others reach goals higher than they ever dreamed possible. I lead them to a place where they're empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All right. Well, thank you guys for being with us today. Everyone listening on Voice America, if you still want to be part of us and see the live stream, head to Nikki Klegel. Um, fulfill your legacy Facebook page. That's N I C C I E K L I E G L, comma, fulfill your legacy Facebook page, and you can get in on the live stream. I advise that because we attach links. My guest today coming in is Dow Tippett. He's an author, a coach, he's written the book. Seven Daily Choices. Uh, it's about striving to have or working to have thriving relationships. So I really am excited about him. But him and myself, we will have links posted in the Facebook feed. So get there if you so want. Let's go ahead and get started. The show is broken down into three parts. First, you're going to have just a little segment with me where I highlight uh, things that I feel are faith-based life coaching items related to our topic at hand so relationships then uh, we're going to come back after break bring Dow in and he's going to be the expert filling us in on his input what his story is about why he does what he does and some, some key points that he wants to make sure we know related to relationships and then last we'll get to the question and answer time this is kind of the popular time and Dow has decided he's going to stay on and help us with question and answers i picked out two that are fabulous i can relate to them i think a lot of the world can so let's go ahead and get started as you know in my section here before break i always like to do a little faith based life coaching and everything that i do the way i have my book laid out the way i coach the way my legacy leader page is and that's a bunch of people trying to be strong christian leaders we we look at things that come to us in the system of what is the problem here and then we get to the word and 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 get to the source of answers so then we look at what's the word tell us and then the third thing we do is we look at what is our gift if we follow this word. I want us making informed decisions. This is part of the problem in the world today is we're not, we don't know the word. We're making decisions based off what the world tells us and other people who aren't in the word. So let's get to the word, figure out what our gifts are if we follow it. And then we have free will. We have to make a choice. The problem, the word, the gift, the choice. Let's get started. The problem today Failed relationships, struggling relationships. It could even be relationships that are lacking, meaning you just don't really have any and you want some. It could be that you have toxic relationships. Sometimes it's our own faults. Sometimes it's the other person's fault. Fault gets us nowhere. 
What we want to do is get to the source, get some healing, get strong within with God, and then we can start to problem solve, work things out, get some healing, get some restoration. But we get into these traps. And understanding why some relationships have fallen apart, why our own, why we might be our own kind of stumbling stone is huge. It's never about fault. I want to focus on that. It's always about understanding and insight. That gives us so much power and and God can work. Once we understand, God can really work in those places. So the problem, we've, t- we've touched on it. You know, it, this might relate to your friends, marriages, coworker relationships. I don't know, whatever is speaking to you, but stay tuned because we're going to get to this. Now the word. In terms of any of these failed relationships, struggling, difficult, toxic relationships, what does the word tell us? Well, this is a big topic. And you know I only have like 13 minutes here before break. So what I decided to do was sort of break it down in a way that we could figure out some, wrap our brains around this a little bit. I decided to go with, why do we even care? Why do we invest in these relationships? What's, what's important about it? Then I decided to look at the how. What are some ways? How? What is God telling us how we can go about healing and having strong relationships? Then I went, wanted to go in and look at the who. Like, you know, who should we invest in? Who should we put... Um, our energy into when with these relationships and then what meaning like well what what's going to happen then so let's look why well first of all why do we why should we want strong relationships why why is this important and i'm just going to encourage us all to sit back and think about strife I, God wants you living a life of peace. I want you living a life of peace. You surely want a life of peace. And when we have relationships that are failing, it causes strife in our, our lives. It's hurtful. It makes you feel inadequate. It makes you feel empty. It puts you maybe in the place of blame and defensiveness. And all these things start to come up. And it's strife. And we don't want it for you. But listen to this verse. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because this you were called so that you may inherit the blessings. So I don't want to jump too far into the gift. But honestly, if you knew that you could do these things and it would take you from the place of strife to the place of blessing, wow. Okay, so then let's go ahead and let's kind of look a little bit deeper at the how. So we know things like we're supposed to be kind, we're supposed to be loving. Well, easier said than done. Relationship healing and growth takes a lot of hard work. It takes goal setting and you have to be able to decide, you know, what the real issues are and kind of get to those. And it's not just a quick fix and be nice doesn't always work. But but really, we're called to be. And I want us to understand some of the effects that happen when we do do this. So Peter 4, 9, we know is just be hospitable and do it without grumbling. This has been one of the hugest things that I put in place in my marriage. So not, not my kids, not with my own mom, but my marriage, oh my, my like 15 years ago. And 
I just, it just dawned on me. I think I was doing a Bible study and, and it kind of talked about the point of grumbling. Like, what's the point? You're either going to do it or you're not. So honestly, do you really want to grumble about it? And then why? Add, add to it, take, wipe away the goodness of what you did because now you're grumbling about it. So just think on that a little bit. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Okay, so I'm going to not talk about this verse because I want to read the next one, and I think it's going to give you a little more insight to this verse. So the next verse is 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, I, I want to talk about this. It's really hard to do Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourself when you're not equally yoked. Do you know this is one of the hardest things to do when you're equally yoked? So what is equally yoked? A lot of new people are listening and, you know, whatever. So equally yoked, I want you to just kind of consider things like you're both Christian for one, but you know you're you're you don't have to be at the same level. You don't have to get caught in all that like details. Like I'm better than you. I'm stronger than you. Whatever. It's just do you love and serve God, or are you loving and serving the flesh? Because a lot of destructiveness in relationships come from being caught in the world and serving the world above God. So, so if you're equally yoked, this it's so much easier to obey, to honor, to submit to give all these things when it's somebody that you can trust because they're a godly person. I trust, I can easily submit to a husband who's going to be gracious and kind and loving and treat me like the church. But it's really hard to be gracious and kind and loving and submit to a husband who's going to treat me poorly. All right? So we have to, we have to really be careful who we're choosing and this goes for friends, this goes for bosses, this goes for everything. You submit to your boss, believe it or not. So people use that word submit and they get all way woost and they get and they just make drama over it and stuff. Listen, we submit every day when children were learning to submit to our parents, when we're employees were submitting to our bosses. All this means and all I want you to think about is, hey. Be careful who you're yoking with, <laughs> you know, if it's at work or wherever. Okay, the next thing is that um, what do you do? I want to talk about this just a little bit, but what do you do when you've married someone and they weren't equally yoked? Hey, I got lucky. My husband, um, you know, I didn't think about it. When I got married, I really just didn't think to myself, oh, I want to find a godly man. Like, you're in college, and if you're not grown up in a home that's really laid out the plan for you this way and helped you understand this and really prayed on it and all these things that I teach people to do now, you don't know this and you don't think ahead. So what do you do? Now you've got this spouse. I don't care if you're male or female. You've got a spouse that is not, not following God. Well, we've got some verses here that are going to help you with that. And it starts with you. It starts with you. You're going to have to be a leader and you're going to have to lead them there. And believe me, your life will be transformed. I coach, I started coaching people on life purpose. You guys know this. My first book was that. I can't tell you the number of married couples that come to me now because they, 
They've tried everything but God is what I hear over and over again. Nikki, is there any way you could coach me? We've tried everything but God. Amen. Yes, I'll help you. And their marriages are transformed. And it isn't me. It isn't even them. It's God. You have to get God into and and baby step it. You can't just blow God into people's faces. You know, you have to just expose them. It's a relationship. You date and then you fall in love. You know, just just hang in there. Okay, so now the next verse I want to go over is 1 Thessalonians 4.18 and 5.11. They're both encourage one another. There's so many, um, there's so much power in praise and recognition. Man, we like it. Why on earth would we not think that that our spouse or our boss, people forget to praise their own bosses. They think it's weird or people are going to, whatever. People like to hear praise and start, start it. Find anything. I don't care what it is. Find anything that you can praise that spouse about. And every single time you see your spouse being a godly woman or a godly man, praise that up and down. Because if you can grow and mature that, your both your lives are going to be so much better and your whole families. Okay, um, let's go to Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another up toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. This was our verse from last week as well. It's very popular. It applies all the time. And some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another for all and all the more because the days are approaching. So basically, again, it's so important to encourage each other, but I don't want to overlook this part that says meeting together. So, this, a lot of people know that this this is referencing church, getting together and meeting together in church. And we know that this is good. And yes, I am saying that. But there's so much power in meeting together with fellow Christians. And so also, when you're building a relationship, meeting together, it, God put it in here because meeting together makes a difference in a relationship, your relationship with the church. Um, So same goes for your relationship with friends or family or your spouse. Are you meeting together? Are you and your husband going on a date and, and meeting together and loving one another? Do you have time for that or do you not make time for it? Our, our work, are you clocking in and clocking out and running out of there as fast as you can? Or are you investing in meeting and giving and building relationships with the people around you? But we have to be careful again. We have to put ourselves in situations where we're meeting together with fellow Christians. Wise counsel. Who are your friends? Are they spurring you up or are they giving you more of the world? If they're giving you more of God, so they offer you wise wisdom, they're, they're a good example to you, things like this. All right. So now um, let's go to 1 Peter um, 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time. Cast all your worries on him. Lift you up in due time. Humble yourself. Put your trust in him, and he will lift you up. That is a routine you want. Humble yourself. If you're in a relationship that you want to spout back with why you're right, humble yourself. Invest in, in God what's good and right, and he will raise you up in due time. Rest on that. Rest on that. Keep doing it. Discipline, discipline, discipline. Okay. 
So I think the next thing that I want to talk about was this who. Well, I already mentioned this being equally yoked, but listen to this a little bit more. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. This is back to the who are your friends? Who are you around at work? Who are you around? Are you bending over backwards to have healthy relationships with people who aren't going to be taking you to a good place? Because that's going to just, just go, just go. Go to people and build relationships with people that are going to bring you to a great place. Unless it's your spouse, then you're going to have to try to try to get them along. Okay, and then what? I'm going to skip because we're running out of time. We're down to one minute. What? What happens? So 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here, exclamation point. In the Bible, the new is here, exclamation point. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It all can happen through Christ. Let's leave on a little bit of hope, right? We just finished the section of kind of life coaching. We're going to be moving into Dow next after the break. Please join us after this commercial break. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks. Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Things Worth Considering, featuring hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. 
Hello, everyone. Yes, I am so happy that you are here with us on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. This is going to be great. We're bringing in Dow Tippett, who is the author of Seven Daily Choices, How to Create, Build, and Sustain a Thriving Life Together. And so I want you, Dow, to just... um, Use this time to let people get to know you, to share your message, because I know that they are sitting here listening, wanting to know what they can do to improve their relationships, and that's where your heart is. That's what you do. So share with everyone how we met. I think you're awesome. I've been meeting you, I'm going to just say, in a group that we share together. But yeah, open up and and give us some history on you. So interestingly, we met because of a relationship. So because of the group we're in, I got to know Chris McClure. He and I live close to each other. And then we gathered at a conference and Chris said, you need to meet Nikki. And I'm like, okay, I'll meet Nikki. And um, so we met through that. And then we began to get to know each other a little as we prepared for the show. And it's so exciting for me to be a part of a group where all of us are trying to connect each other to the right people because relationship, it matters, you know. You did a great job starting us off with the scripture, but our lives are measured by relationship. And so everything we do, every success, every failure, every joy, every sorrow is going to be connected to that. So that's why for me, helping people build these healthy relationships is so important. I love that you said that because, I mean, we, we forget. it When God wanted us to pull it together, he sent Jesus And Jesus, the way he fixed us, helped us, served us was always, everything was through a relationship. He taught us to do that. And are we doing it well? Yeah. And even now, if you think about it, our connection to God is through the Holy Spirit. That's the God we experience every day. And it's still a relationship. And and so often Christianity, this is one of the things we like to say, that we're it's not about religion, it's about relationship. And yet so many times we forget to focus on the relationship side. Yes, I love this too, that you're talking, you just spur me like to think about all these things that I'm thinking when you really put it in terms of it's through a relationship here today, you think to yourself, okay, if you had a relationship with someone and you never called them, you kind of have that college roommate or whatever that you might be able to call no matter what they drop everything and come, but they can't help you day to day, day to day, day to day, because you day because you're not. If we are not going to ever have this ongoing relationship with us, how at our fingertips are we able to tap into him? Instead, we kind of get in this place where, oh, we love God. And by the way, when I'm down on my knees because my life is in crisis, then I'll call him and he'll be there because he's always there. But if I'm not using him and yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I had a few questions ready for you. And so I want to kind of move to this other one. You, before we move into it too much, you have written a book. Can you tell people the name of your book and what that really messaging is trying to get out? Sure. So, sure. The, so the book I just wrote I is just wrote, um, yeah. how to create, it's seven daily choices, how to create, build, and sustain a thriving life with others. And I wrote it particularly for um, young adult men who are getting started in their career and they maybe have a couple kids and it's designed to guide them through the choices that help every relationship, which helps them find success in every area of their life. Now, while I wrote it to an audience, these choices are for everyone and every kind of relationship. But, you know, we try to pick 
pick someone to write to. When you write, you try to find that person. And so, yeah. Um, and yeah. I found that men struggle a little more than women sometimes with getting some of this stuff. No, I totally agree. I mean, you just think of like Proverbs 31, you know, it's just this huge thing that all women tons know about it and use it and, and that sort of thing. But what is out there for guys? And so I love that. It's a great gift idea for a young man and stuff. But let's step into that a little bit further. So you have a personal story. Um, I'd like you to share that a little bit with us and why relationships or tell us what, why this is a passion of yours. So I was 11 years old and it was Christmas Eve and I was on the couch at my grandmother's watching this old black and white movie that I'd never seen before. And I got so involved. My mom let me stay up late on Christmas Eve to finish this movie. And at the end, this guardian angel sends a note to George Bailey and says, no man is a failure who has friends. And at 11 years old, that pierced my heart. And so I've spent my life trying to be a friend, trying to teach people how to be friends, trying to keep friends. And so unlike most men, the average man in America has one close friend if he has any at all. Mm -hmm. And I have probably a dozen men who can know anything about my life, who I can call at any given moment, who can call me and we have deep, deep relationship together. Plus, I'm now part of a tribe of men called Mark Men for Christ, where that's kind of the whole purpose is to draw men to that deeper relationship with each other and with God so that we can live fulfilling lives. Um, okay, so you said so much good stuff there. So for one, <laughs> this is so uh, a side note, but hey, I thought of it and I don't ignore things that get that nudge me. So one is through a show when you're 11 years old, <clears throat> A message of hope. I mean, it's not necessarily a Christian show, but yeah, it's Christmas, so it is. But, you know, it's on regular TV and, it, and tons of people watch it. And I think being very mindful of what we're putting in front of ourselves. So when these verses have talked about being equally yoked and being careful, you know, what are you watching on TV? This is very hard on your relationships. You might not even realize it. What are you putting before your eyes and your ears and things like this? And when I talk about the relationships you have, you know, what what are those people doing? But that's a side note. And then you said um, Marked Men for Christ is a group. Uh, and I always like to know more and more groups for men because I feel like it's hard to find them as well. So your own work and this one, um, you have seven steps in yes. your book. And so uh, can you share all of them and tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so so it's seven choices, and you've said this in your own show. They have to be choices because if you don't decide these things, they won't happen. So every day you get up and you choose vulnerability, which is a willingness to put yourself out, which we sort of shy away from as human beings because of fear, and yet vulnerability is actually what makes us stronger. Um, as a martial artist, I've learned that vulnerability is the best place to defend yourself even. So vulnerability is the first one. Second one is awareness. And this is about being aware of others, understanding their past hurts, their present struggles, their personality, their uh, personal love language, and making sure that we understand them and doing what we can to understand other awareness is number two. Number three, we choose safety. And this is about being a safe person. Person. And actually, it's not that hard. You mentioned some of this in the scripture. It's just about being great, grat, grateful and generous. Grateful and generous. Those are the words we're looking for. And 
that, that creates safety around us. When we are grateful people, when we are generous people, to everyone in our life, it starts at home and then branches out into our workplace and our church and our community. When we live that kind of life, we become a safe person. And then we choose honesty. And safety and honesty are the key pillars that sort of build trust. And they run hand in hand. As soon as you start being dishonest, you become less safe. And if you're less safe, you can't be as honest. And so we have to rise and fall together as we grow safe and honest together. Then there's the two that sustain relationships, the two choices that kind of sustain us through. The first is integrity, and integrity is about clarity. It's about consistency. It's about character. And I dive into those in the book and what those each mean. Um, but integrity is so important. It's, it's being the same person going in the same direction and that direction being a direction that is positive for the world um, and good for the world. Then forgiveness is the sixth choice because we are not perfect. Yes, we strive for consistency. Yes, we strive for holiness. Yes, we strive, but we're not perfect and nobody's perfect. And so often what happens is we forget, um, especially as Christians, that Christ has already paid the price for every sin. And not everybody gets that, that free payment because they don't accept it. But if we've accepted Christ's payment on our behalf, we've also accepted it on behalf of all those who have sinned against us or will sin against us. We've accepted Christ paying for them. And so forgiveness becomes so important for merging relationships. And then the bedrock to everything, and you mentioned this, is submission. Understanding what God means in his word with this idea of submission. And submission is really a hard word. I mean, the word literally means under the feet of. And so we don't like that. We run from that. But what God says is the person who chooses submission is always the strong person in the relationship. It's the strong who choose submission. Yep. Because submission has to be a choice or it's not biblical. If it's forced, that's abuse. Yeah. yeah, when, yeah. It's, when it's chosen, it's biblical. And so, so submission is that seventh choice. Yeah, um, I like that you, I say the same thing, like it takes so much strength to be able to submit, um, careful who you're submitting around, you know, but anyway, so, um, but that is, that always helps me with the verses that say um, that God likes the meek, <laughs> and that there's there's glory in being the meek, and our, in the world, meek sounds weak. Mm -hmm. And it isn't. It's like putting other people ahead of yourself. And I really, in a marriage and in relationships, this is hard. And it's so essential that you're getting yourselves around friends like you have. You know, friends that you said, I have these 12 people that I trust. They're loyal. They're godly men. And so, you know, today I'm really wanting the listeners to be thinking to themselves, who are they putting themselves around? Who are they trying to build relationships with? And I always want to preface this by you can't change your parents and you can't change your spouse. I don't want you to change your spouse. I want um, everyone to come along with you, work on you, grow you with God first. It makes you so much stronger and able to bring other people along in their faith if they're not quite there yet. And so, all right, so we have a little bit of time yet. I want to talk a little bit about um, if you knew and kind of sat here and thought to yourself, okay, I've got people listening from other countries, from all different kinds of environments. So some of us have been grown up in homes that taught us a lot of things that are destructive for relationships. And we have other people who've been in wonderful homes and settings, but now they're an active part of being 
on the flip side of the badness and they don't know how they were raised in this wonderful sweet place and now they're stuck in this kind of nightmare so what is your one tip of advice for people so the first thing i do is i ask them a question and that is how's that working out for you um <laughs> and usually they- oh man that sounds like something i would say and how's that working out for you <laughs> and usually okay. it's not right and so right. What I would tell them is, listen, as you begin to choose differently, as you begin to make choices to um, be more loving through the seven, these seven choices that we make, what happens is you become the kind of person people want to be like. Now, sometimes that creates resistance because people are like, they start to feel guilty. They start to feel shame on themselves. But when you continue to be a forgiving and gracious person over time, they're going to realize that there is no shame coming from you. And so what happens is too often we choose to not choose vulnerability and not choose submission because of fear. Fear Mm -hmm. gets in our way of being all that God wants for us. And yet if we will model our lives after the greatest leader in history, we will be able to lead others. And all of these choices that I lay out in the book, at the end of the book, in the appendix, there's, a, there's a, an example of the model, and you see how Jesus chose all of these choices. Um, submission is kind of the bedrock. I've said that. I actually have a different book I wrote. My first book was called Submission, and it was all about understanding that. And this is where it begins. It's this willingness to say, because I'm stronger, I'm going to put your needs and your heart and your agendas ahead of my own. Now, that doesn't put it ahead of God's. But even then, I'm going to put my needs and my heart and my desires under God's submission. And in the end, we don't trust other people first. We trust God first. Yeah. Uh, first, first Peter chapter 2 says that we're supposed to follow in Jesus' steps who, though being reviled, did not revile. Though being mocked, did not, did not mock, but he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Mm-hmm. And so when we allow ourselves to trust God in the midst of difficult relationships, and we choose to do the right things, even though they seem like they're going to hurt us, mm-hmm. God comes through to bring joy and life. And the truth is there are some people who struggle. And, and I would tell, you know, one of the hard things here is abuse and abusive relationships. And I would say, if you're in danger, please do not stay in that situation. Right. However, there are limits to how far you can leave before you bring hope and life. But when you leave, don't leave just to save yourself. Understand that abusers usually need someone to stand up to make them better. And so if you love them, don't let them continue to do what they're doing. Step yeah. up for them, not just for you. But it, in the end, when we put ourselves first, we end up losing. When we put other people first, we end up winning. You talk about how when we take our stuff into the world, we want to bring our our message to the world. We need to just start giving it. We need to give it. And, and income will come as God supplies and as God gives us opportunity. Um, we'll get that. But if we have a message to change the world, go change the world. Worry more about serving others than about serving yourself and, and relationships not all of them are going to be pretty and pleasant because Jesus experienced that, but God will be faithful every time. 
Yeah, that's really great. Um, so there's a couple things that I think about. You know, I'm thinking in terms of being equipped. Um, it's really hard to go giving, giving, giving in a godly way when you are not filled up in a godly way. And so, um, so what I encourage you to do is get faith infused. It's kind of the catchphrase on my website. But, um, you know, just if it's podcasts, with wonderful Christian um, speakers, if it's the music, the praise to, you know, those maybe are beginner steps and we keep those up. Like they're not beginner in terms of easy. It's just a nice way to get exposed to it. Um, this radio show, things like that, you know, but as you get into the, the word and the Holy Spirit and that living word, like you start literally getting answers that you don't even know where they came from. You have insight and wisdom and things that, so as you're sitting here and thinking, how am I ever going to impact other people, change the relationships I have, God will do it. And I like how you said when you submit, you're submitting to God, regardless if it's in a person. So if that person is full of the world, you're submitting to the world. If that person is full of God, that's more what you're submitting to. And just really understanding that if you can influence your kids. I was coaching a woman just the other day, and she said, I got into my grown son's car, and for the first time ever, the car turned on, the music was loud, and she's bracing herself, and it was the Christian radio station. And she was like, it was like the best medicine I had ever t had in my life to just hear that. And she said, oh, you know, and quickly, you know, he turns it off and, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know why I was on that, you know, but, you know, just like that, the little things, infuse yourself with as much God as you can and you will start to get healing yourself and you'll be able to provide it for other people more and more. Okay, Dow, we are, um, where are we? Time. We are sitting here with about two, three minutes left. I'm wondering if you um, have can share with us a little bit about your website and the freebies that you have. We're posting them. I see them on the Facebook feed now. Yeah, so we've got, we actually have several things. So um, first of all, we've got a relationship skills assessment that you can get at 7dailychoices.com. It's the number seven and then dailychoices.com and then backslash assessment. You can get a skills assessment to kind of see where you're at in your relationship. We'll give you a score for that and get in touch with you to make sure that you know what you need to know to move forward. Then we also have, I'm, I've created what's called Relationship Black Belt Academy. Now, this is geared towards men again, but women, you can be a part of this. Um, but it's teaching how do we do this, and about the first training is eight weeks, and it can be self-training or part of a coaching group, depending on what you choose. And then there's a longer training where we actually spend 26 weeks together coaching each other up, helping each other to grow in our relationships every day. And then finally, you're going to have the ability to join our team if you want to and the way to do that. And that's Relationship Black Belt Academy. It starts with a free five-day journey that I hope is giving you enough to get you moving. And just go to RelationshipBlackBeltAcademy.com. And then finally, we made something special for your folks um, at 7dailychoices.com slash sweet spot. And you can download the 7 Daily Choices in a poster form right there at 7 Daily Choices backslash sweet spot. That's awesome. A lot of great resources for you people, not just young men. I'm, I know these steps and everything apply to everyone. Um, and we also want you to take advantage of uh, the Legacy Leader 
page, which is a place to get faith infused every day. This is where we're building up strong Christian leaders. And so we'd love to have you there. And you just go to NikkiClagle.com and you click on the Legacy Leader button, the page on the menu item. And last, this Thursday, anybody who is in this place and this calling of feeling like their life purpose is to do what both Dow and I do, please go ahead and head to the link that's attached here, but it's NikkiClagle.com. Launch Your Legacy is the tab you would go to. We will see you guys after the break with questions and answers. Both Dow and I are back, and we have some wonderful questions that I feel like every household faces whether it's in within their distant family or right in their own home so you guys go ahead tune back in we will see you after the break on living life within the sweet spot your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel with Fulfill Your Legacy. I am so happy you are back with us on A Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. I have Dow Tippett, who is our expert guest helping us with relationships. He's an author and a coach. Back with us during this question and answer portion. So let's go ahead and get started. I have two questions in. The first one is from Margie. 
And she says that basically she's at her wit's end. She goes on to explain that they've raised their children to know God. They went to church. They participated in activities pretty well, she says. Um, Kids went to camp, Sunday schools, youth groups. Um, They, as adults, attended small groups and Bible studies. But now their middle daughter has gotten off course and um, and everyone's relationship is suffering, mostly hers. She attacks me most often. I don't know why. We're still so close, but she has these outbursts and she's so defiant. Like nothing I've seen before, she says, and that's in quotes. I don't know how to deal with it. I'm afraid for her. She's too old for this. She acts, she's in college, but her anxiety and ability to handle things looks as if she's a toddler. Um, her father um, can put a stop to all of it, but it's still very sad. Any advice? So my heart just breaks to this, you know, um, but I think it's worth talking about. And then I have a few key points, but I really kind of want you to give some advice here. I'm sure you have more good things to say. So, um, It's not that long ago, I was just going through some of these thoughts in my head and the words love and mercy just struck me so strongly. And so I'm just going to share that. I don't know if it's God's timing or what, but um, just loving that child and showing mercy because obviously she's stressed or whatever. And we do often take things out on people we love or feel the safest with the most, but it doesn't mean you need to be a punching bag either but just understanding that really really does help um and then the nurse in me (laughs) the nurse in me and it's hard to see this in your own family but from the outside the nurse in me wonders you know more like you know make sure there's no issues that are outside of just a little phase we're going through like you know when you start somebody's left for college and their behavior changes, you want to make sure they're not getting into something that's getting them into trouble. Or um, if, if they maybe need help with anxiety or something and, you know, both those things that are more physiological or, or something, you know, dangerous that they're getting into. I don't want to scare you either, but don't overlook that. But then also um, this always brings me peace with my own kids. Those children of ours, we forget sometimes that they are God's children He has them, and he is watching over them far better than we ever could, and you put him to work. Start praying. I mean, sometimes half of our battle is that we feel so responsible for them, and like we're not doing something right, and and when we start mixing control and um, fear and all that stuff into it, it kind of magnifies everything. So I'm going to stop. I'm down. I'm wondering what you got. Well, I'm going to start with some context here. I am the father of four daughters, two teenagers and two preteens, and I am a middle child. So some context and to say this, I get it. I get it. And the first thing I want to tell you is relax. Um, Listen, this daughter of yours is finding herself. And if you two have been very close for a long time, there's a natural tendency to force breakaway. And a lot of times that comes out as anger when we don't quite, uh, haven't quite figured it out when we're young adults. It's, it comes out as anger. But the chances are she's just trying to figure out herself right now. And so the best thing you can do is to choose to fight for the relationship, not necessarily for her to do things your way. In fact, Letting her find her own way right now is kind of 
it's hard and it's scary and it's vulnerable, but choose that because she has been taught well. Jesus is part of her life. Trust God that he is working in her. And sometimes when we stop seeing anger and argument as against us, we stop feeling attacked and we start realizing, oh, wait, this is her trying to figure it, trying to pull into adulthood. And that's just natural. It's okay. And I say that having had some real difficulties with one of my children the last two weeks. So I get it. Um, my oldest is, all my children are wonderful, but my oldest is 17 and a half. She's about to graduate high school and head off. And there's some of this pulling away that's happening. And again, I, because I'm the dad, I can restrain it, but sometimes mom and her tend to, there, there tends to be this little bit of friction. But my, my wife is great at this, choosing love and mercy, just like you said, Nikki. And therefore, they maintain their relationship, even though they may not always agree, they may not always see eye to eye, they may have stuff going on that that's a bit of a struggle that we have to deal with but they're maintaining relationship and that is so important because when your kids leave you want them to come back yeah yeah i think that's great advice that's great advice okay good so let's move to the next one and so the next one is a female caller as well so she's been married for seven years she says that we love each other no question about it um so I'm going to, it's long, so I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. So she's just basically saying, however, over the years of the relationship, they're getting further and further apart and that she's not real, she's wondering, you know, it's almost like they've fallen into this like teamwork kind of place. And, um, and then sometimes she feels like they almost argue or there's tension about who's done the most work or who's worked the hardest at, you know, at, at basically she's saying their jobs. So maybe when they come together at night then or whatever. Um, so, so there aren't a lot of details on here, but, but I get this because I can remember my husband and I sort of having the same sort of thing. I remember one day just sort of being like, why are we competing to who's work the hardest? I mean, I want to be, I want to work the least. Let me be that person. Like, but, but there's some things going on here that I think I'll just quick bring up a couple because I loved listening to you. I'd rather just listen to you. So my, my three things are priorities. You know, um, we're supposed to put God first. We know that. Okay. So we're going to assume you haven't talked about God uh, being distant or real strong here. So I'm assuming everything's normal or on track there, but put God first. But then it's put the spouse next, right? So then it makes me wonder, you know, when you say things like the team, we're teamwork and stuff, are you putting that spouse in the place of spouse? This is the person that you love, that you're married to, and you have oneness with. And how much are you investing relationship in being a well-oiled machine? Or are you putting your priority in the marriage, the bound, the binding between you two? And so things like that, date night, things that can maybe build that and get that spark back and that kind of relationship flipped over away from teammate to mate. Okay, and then um, trust, how, or how do you treat each other? So I sort of, oh, I have my notes on here. It says treating them like a teammate. Do you kind of do that? Like, think about your conversation. Think about, like, do you wake up in the morning and be like, okay, well, I have this and this and this today. And then, like, you check in, did you get supper, you know, and is all your conversation based around these sort of duties? And none of it is, like, just 
how were you? And just like this conversation because you hear about their spirit and stuff like that. And then last is selflessness. So trying to prove, this was probably the thing that we need to work on, but trying to prove our effort in this marriage is sort of, I, I felt like for me, and it doesn't mean it is for you, almost this place of worthness. And how, how worthy are you trying to deem yourself in this marriage so you're justifying it? Whenever we act defensive, we need to do a check. It doesn't mean that it's about faults. It's, it's such wisdom. We act defensive when we feel under attack. Why do we feel under attack? Well, so as we feel more worth through God and through Christ, we don't need our husband or our wife to make us feel more worthy. But another way to get what you, what you would get back is to give it. So if you make the spouse feel worthy, then often it comes right back to you. You don't do it for that intention. But I'm just telling you, what you give out is often what you get. Okay, so those are my little tips. So blah, blah, blah. What do you have to say? Man, that was fantastic, Nikki. That's fantastic stuff, especially the, the thing there at the end about worth. Listen, giving worth is more important. Your husband, he needs to feel honored and valued. That's how God has made him. Now, he should gain that from God first. But here's what I hear you saying. I hear you saying, we have a good marriage. We just don't have a great marriage. And I'd like to get back to great. And that's where, honestly, I just recommend getting a coach. This is the time to get help because here's what happens. And and I don't want to be too negative, but we get trapped. And I have a whole framework around that. But the reason it's this slow fade that marriages go through is we get tired. And because we're tired, our emotions get raw. So we're sort of irritable. And then we get insensitive with each other. And that makes us feel alone because the person we love the most isn't filling us up, isn't giving us the worth. Instead, they're hurting us or they're making us, they're, they're bothering us and, and everything. And we feel alone, so we pull away. And, and the problem is when we pull away, Satan's waiting for that moment to attack. And there are things that happen after that in the trap framework. But you need to be careful of that. But here's how you do that. You start making choices the other direction. You say, first of all, let me recommend you and your husband get away. If you've got chil- children, then figure that out. But get away and get some rest. And then go back and unlock the past, the history of your relationship, how much you love each other, how much you fell in love with each other. Because you're not telling me this is a bad marriage. It's a good marriage. And then get some help. Get it now. Get it before it's bad. Listen, a coach, sometimes people go, man, $100, $150 an hour, that's a lot. Do you know how much a marriage lawyer costs? Listen, listen <laughs> get a coach. Get help. On your, on your whole family, not financially, how much oh. uh, marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very good. I, I think that's great advice. You know, I, I always like to, and I get emails back from the people listening. And sometimes when there's a few minutes at the end, we have about three, I, I do this tennis match. Okay. And basically it's where we each say something that we think is going to benefit and offer um, uh, ideas for you to strengthen your relationships. I throw out one, you throw out one, I throw out one, you throw out one. So um, let's go ahead and start that. Do you want to start or do you want me to? You start. Okay. So I'm going to say um, sit whoever it is that you want to work on this relationship for, I would say um, sit down and make a list of first what's going wrong and what's going right so that you kind of know where you're starting off. Okay. Your turn. So – after you make that list, then celebrate the right first. 
celebrate. Don't just, don't just see it. Look, um, gratitude looks like ingratitude if it's not expressed. You have to say thank you for being this person or I love this about you. So express that. Okay, somebody on Facebook, just type that. Gratitude looks like ingratitude when it's not expressed, because that's really good. That's okay. Andy Stanley. I, I Andy Stanley. Okay, we, we've got to make sure we give appropriate, appropriate quoting. Okay, so now, um, so now we've celebrated uh, the success. And so now what I'm going to say is take your list that is, okay, we need to work on it, and um, pick the top three and start praying on you for that list. It very well is a whole bunch of things they're doing wrong, but turn it around back on you and start praying to God on, okay, what? And if it's insight on where it comes from, so you have compassion and you understand why they're doing it, or if he gives you strength so that you don't get defensive about it, um, whatever it is, pray for what you need on those things and he'll start to work on you before planning. Okay. Then get help. Get help. Don't do this alone. Get get in a small group with other ladies. Get in a small group with other men. Uh, get with a wise counselor from church. Get with a, a coach. You know, hire a coach. Whatever, whatever it is. Don't do this alone. There are people out there who know how to help you. Get help. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. The last thing. It's we're down to the last minute. I'm gonna say, get faith infused. Um, when you literally need to start taking everything in your home, this is my new book coming out, in your home and in your life is getting infused by the world right now. You turn on the regular radio, you have no idea the words that are going into your brain. They're destructive on relationships. You get your TV, you're listening to news nonstop, it's destructive. You're listening to all these different things, this, this, the Netflix and the movies that you're putting in your brain. Like, Get all the yuck out and start putting goodness, truth, and light into yourself, and you will be shocked at the transformation that starts to happen. We have less than 30 seconds, you guys. I am so happy that you were here with us today. Tune in next week to hear next week's lesson. We're going to bring in a, a wonderful author. Um, on healing. It's going to be amazing. But thank you, Dow, for being with us this hour. It was absolutely fabulous. Go check our websites and our Facebook handles. They are posted in the link here. Dow, do you have anything to say before you head out? Just choose relationship today. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you next week on Living a Life Within the Sweet Spot. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.